This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 74. This week, our year in review series rolls on. Um, I'm not going to go over the whole spiel again because I've done it two weeks in a row. If you don't know by now, you're never going to know. But it's the year in review. We're going to cover everything from 2018. And this week, it's Joshi. So we are going to talk a number of different Joshi promotions. And to do that, I'm joined by a returning guest and a first-time guest, so let's start with the noob first. Hello, Luke. Hello, hello, everyone. What's up? I'm good. Very good, thank you. Um, uh, I'm actually really excited to be able to provide a bit of uh, an antidote to last week because <laughs> uh, I'm very, very positive about the year in Joshi. Um, yeah, it was a good year. I'm yeah. look. It, people may notice that my voice no longer sounds like it's in a mixed mixture of like despair and insanity. And that's because <laughs> I'm not talking about world wrestling entertainment this week. So I'm in a good mood, but yes, it's going to be fun. Did you hear last week's episode? Yes. <laughs> I listened back to it pretty. I usually don't listen back to the episodes immediately, but I want to listen back to it just to see what the, how we sounded like. And uh, we sounded like we were just losing our minds. Well, so. yeah, like, like, I mean, it's, it was fun f- up to a point, but then, I could tell that, yeah, you just wanted to get it over with. <laughs> it was like, 
<laughs> like I was marching to my own death, basically. But <laughs> but we got through it. So and it was fun. The, the guests were fun. Everybody had a good time, I think. But it was uh it was. I think and I I didn't get anyone complaining at me. I really thought somebody would. But that's impressive. Seem, yeah, just just positive it's feedback. It's the years. Re- the years really been that bad that that the you know the normal crowd aren't even rushing to the defense. <laughs> I assume it's a combination of that and also. Like people know by now that I hate it, so they probably, <laughs> they probably wouldn't even bother. So it's good. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming on, Luke. Why don't you talk about like introduce yourself? Like, what's your background and all that? Um, so I started watching Joshi um, exactly around the time that uh, Io Shirai won the red belt from Mako Satomura at the end of uh, what was that, 2015? And that was after watching a load of NXT and stuff like Lucha Underground, um, and then. Over the past, I guess, two years, I've pretty much exclusively watched Joshi, or, or rather, I've refined what I watched to the point where I now basically only watch Joshi. <laughs> uh, so I, I've watched. Uh, we're going to talk about like, I think, close to ten promotions on the show, and I've seen most of the shows from most of them. So it's yeah. I, I don't don't ask me how I've done that, but. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, I think you answered because you don't watch anything else. Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've, you know, obviously, I watch a lot of wrestling, but I, I've watched, you know, almost all the Stardom shows, um, you know, like the Corkins and the big shows. Maybe not actually another show. way. Another way I should say of, of, um, if you want to try and watch all these promotions, just skip Stardom undercards because they're always the same. <laughs> Yeah, nothing happens in them. That's a good point uh, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've seen a lot of stardom. I've seen some Sendai girls. I've seen almost every Tokyo Joshi Pro that showed up my tape. But then, like the rest of these promotions we're going to talk about, it's like I've seen bits here and there, but not, you know, not not enough to really be an expert or anything. So that's what well, you're that, here for. That's why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Luke. And then returning guest, uh, if you if he needs an introduction by now, I don't know what to tell you. He's been on here a million times. Hi, Taylor. Hi, how's it going? This is yeah. ten, right? This is for is me. Ten. I haven't. I didn't count. I, I think it is ten. Okay. Double digits. Double digits. And you're coming back on like three weeks for DDT. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you you do not remember? You're one of the uh, two double dippers, and they're both on DDT actually for the interview because you you and Drew are both on it. So yeah, now that you mentioned it, I do, I do remember it, but I had forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. So. But you're here to do Joshi. You're obviously a big Joshi guy. Yes, looking uh, forward to it. And we're going to talk a lot of different promotions, a lot of different wrestlers. So let's just get right into it. Um, so we should save some some of the bigger stuff for the end. So let's start with a uh, eclectic pick. How much ice ribbon did you guys see this year? Uh, all of it. I think. All of it. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So um, I've seen exactly one show, which is the show I reviewed on here. Um, I'm trying to find it. It was the the Corkin show that was on Samurai, um, mm. yeah, the one with the lovely butchers against uh, Karumi and Tsukishi. So yeah. That, yeah, that was October eighth. I really like that show. I just for some reason never remember watch Ice Ribbon, but that show was awesome. Well, they, so they've um, they've done quite well with uh, Samurai broadcasts in the last uh, second half of this year, I think, because because usually it's just Nico. Yeah. Um, which actually, as far as Nico promotions go, um, Ice Ribbon is maybe the 
gets the most out of those production values mm. uh, just because you've got that commentator Ihara um, who is very charismatic and entertaining um, but the yeah they've 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 done quite well in terms of like actual slick TV coverage this year I think um, and certainly going into next year they're in quite a good standing um, with this Nippon TV deal have you seen uh, did you see the show that aired on Nippon or no? Have you seen it, Taylor? I, I haven't seen it, no. No, I haven't seen it, no. It's really uh there are I suppose there's like one thing which you would call a wrestling match. Um there's a bunch of like skits that turn into kind of brawls um in a ring with no ropes, um, including one that's like Sakasa Fujimoto and Mochi Miyagi are both nurses and um, Sakasa Fujimoto has a giant syringe and is this really clumsy nurse and keeps stabbing Mochi Miyagi in the head with it. Uh, <laughs> and then it turns into like a death match. Um, uh, it's, it's, it, it has like a fashion parade at, at a certain point as well. There's also a match filmed in a fairground uh Sukasa Fujimoto against Sakushi, which is filmed on a drone um that's flying above the ring. So yeah, it's 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 it's, it's unusual. <laughs> uh but it was very it was good. It was really good. Um I think the next one's in January or something like that. Like they're not they're not as regular as Maji Manji or anything, but um gotcha. Yeah. I had to check it out, but that sounds really <laughs> weird. Yes. Um, Taylor, how, did you see any Ice Ribbon this year? So I did. I saw a handful of matches, but Ice Ribbon seemed to be the one promotion that was like it on my list. And I was like, I'm going to watch the full shows. And then something would come up and I'd go, oh, I have to get to, you know, because like I started the year watching every DDT show, even the house shows. And that got me way behind. And then by the time I was like, okay, I need to clear the schedule for Ice Ribbon to watch like the full shows. Yeah, because it was cause... like, oh, they've done they've done twenty five shows, and I'm like, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Contrary to what I was just saying about Stardom, I think uh, Ice Ribbon is a promotion where I do watch whole cards, um, and like the the cards can get a little bit samey because because um, the style tends to be quite similar all the way through. Um, but I just think everyone's really good uh, from from the rookies to the, you know, to, to the ace. Um, they've also had some, like, quite bizarre uh, and really interesting creative this year. So, I mean, the Hideki Suzuki <laughs> National Triangle Championship run. Did, did you follow that at all? I, I follow on Twitter. It seemed pretty funny. I, I mean, it's... It's a shame there isn't somebody translating Ice Ribbon into English. Um, but the gist of that that I got was that Suzuki... So he won this this title from Fujimoto and he decided to make it into a sumo championship. Um, and he changed the name to the Hyoketsu Sumo Championship or something like that. Like Hyoketsu is a kind of alka-pop that they have in Japan. And so all the matches, which are always triple threats, would always have like one sumo guy in them. Um, and then he lost the belt in a in a kind of hardcore match with uh, Kendo Kashin, uh, <laughs> uh, that had loads of like uh, 
Lego spots. Um, oh, I did like, see the like I saw the Lego. Yeah, yep, yeah. Saw, like gifts of that on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so the the one thing that disappointed me when I just looked, so that cork I talked about the October one, like one of my favorite parts of that show was Hikaru Shida showing up after mm. like nearly more than four years and beating Akani Fujita and basically challenging the entire roster. It doesn't look like anything's come of that so far. Um, they, yeah, they haven't announced anything for Ribbon Mania yet for her, but um, but she's actually yeah. supposed to be on that show. Um, it wouldn't surprise me because that seems to be one of the um the the storylines that they they've been pushing you gotcha. know quite hard. She just hasn't been on any show since then, so I hope she I hope she shows up. I like that whole idea. That um, so, so you you wouldn't have seen the uh the Yokohama Bunker show where she first came back. Um, no, I didn't see that. It, um, that was the previous Samurai uh, broadcast. But so she she wrestled uh, Risa Sarah on that show, um, who kind of was the ace uh, last year, um, and uh, <laughs> so. You know, you know that there's this whole kind of mood around Shida being in the company where it's like, you know, where the fuck were you these last four years? And like, we've been holding it down in your absence and you think you can just swan back in here. Um, Risa Sarah got seven members of the roster to hold the rope open for her when she came into the ring. <laughs> um, just to show, you know, Shida who's boss, um, which was fantastic. Then Shida um, beat her. So, and then she'd have beat her, yeah. yeah. Good, good booking. <laughs> and also, uh, um, I don't know if you saw Sarah and Fujimoto had a, a current blast match today. Oh, I did not see that. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So this is the other kind of big create um, sort of storyline arc that's been running through iTribbon all year. So Sarah lost the belt at Ribbon Mania last December um, to Hiragi Kurumi. And then... This was so she had her show, her like birthday, her typical birthday produced show in November, which was called Last Deathmatch. And I guess the idea was that Risa Sarah is obsessed with deathmatches, but she's decided she's going to put it behind her to focus on her normal wrestling career. And I feel like they've been telling a story all year where it turns out Risa Sarah actually isn't interested in wrestling and uh, <clears throat> only wants to work deathmatches. Um, so that's been that's been interesting. <laughs> um, there was a match she had with Maya Yuki, um, which was a number one contendership thing in May, I think, um, where Yuki had to like slap her at the beginning of the match to kind of get Risa Sarah to focus on the task ahead of her. Um, yeah, it's it's good stuff. Like they, like I say, we we need we need a uh, somebody translating promos and and stuff because uh, I think there's a lot going on there. So there's your ice ribbon update. Uh, sounds like they had a pretty good year. Um, let's see, who else can we talk? How about Wave? This would be like Taylor's big promotion, I guess. Yeah. What do you think? So, of, I know you're so, really really into uh, what? Oh God, Misaki Ohada. Thank you. Yeah, I thought they had a really um, strong year. Obviously, they hit some personnel issues in the middle of the year, um, and the Catch the Wave tournament never concluded on video, um, <laughs> which was sort of a shame because I was really enjoying it. Um, but I think that they 
had a good year. Obviously, they're. Oh, do you want to do you want to expand that for people who do, people don't know what you're talking about? You're talking about the Iako Hamada thing. Yeah. So she was caught with um, meth. And this is like the two promotions we're going to talk about. Yes. And so, and she had been in the catch the wave um, semi final and final. Now, the semi final had gone up on their streaming service. Um, yeah, Hamada and I, I don't know how to. It's, yeah. yeah I, I don't even know how long it was up before this all went down. Um, but she made it through then to the finals. And so the semifinal was up briefly and then was taken down. And then the finals, which she was in, they never uploaded to the streaming service because she was in it. And they took all of her stuff off the wave network, um, which is, as I mentioned, a bit of a bummer because um, the semifinal match I loved. That was, um, so I, that was brutal. That was one of the most hard to watch matches I've seen all year. It was, it had this format where I think you had to win two. So it was three, it was Hamada, Nakajima and Ohata, and you had to win two matches in a row. And it went on for about an hour, I think. Yeah, Um, it was a very long match and they kept, you know, they would, one would win and then lose. And so then it would be kind of back to the beginning again. So it was a very long uh, match and they were all, you know, exhausted by the end but i loved just the i mean i love the whole thing um i think it might be either near or at the top of my top 10 which we'll talk about um later but yeah a bit of that's just a bit of a bummer to me because i thought that that match was really good and then it was taken down as i think i talked about in the mid-year uh omakase yeah which i was on um but I liked, um, I thought they had a bunch of strong matches. I mean, they're all over my kind of top, a bunch in the top 10, but then also a bunch just outside of my top 10. Um, so I thought the in-ring stuff was really good. Catch the Wave um, was yeah. great. Uh, it, it had a really strong lineup this year, um, a sort of mix of veterans and, and younger talent. So Mia Momono got a really good run in that. She She... She had matches with Ayako Hamada, Misaki Ohata, Arisa Nakajima, and uh, Hikaru Shida in that tournament, all of which were great. And uh, Miyuki Takase from Actress Girls also had a really good showing in that tournament. Um, yeah, and it's a shame we never got to see the final. <laughs> yeah, Yamashita but they all... When it beating yeah, her. yeah. Yeah, they also had a strong. I really liked their title, um, you know, their tag titles and their, uh, you know, Regina DeWave uh, championship, which is now held by Asuka, who I think has gotten. Um, I, I thought she was very good at the beginning of the year, um, but I think she's gotten a lot more comfortable in the ring. Um, I'm scanning the results for like stuff that sounds interesting. How is Asuka and Hana? On September 16th at Corrigan. Was that good? Um, the same wave. Huh? Yeah, was that? Yeah, there was a wave title match uh, September 16th, Corrigan. That might have been one of those that never made it onto the yeah, wave. That, 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 <laughs> okay. You never, know, you never know what will make it on there. Okay. Well, I'm interested in that just because I, I see them on Twitter all the time. And it's like, yeah, they've got that down, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, the the Asuka thing is is really interesting because um, Wave is is going on hiatus. Um, I think uh, end of this month. So Ohata retires in a show in about in about three weeks' time, which is very sad. And then Wave is going on a hiatus for a few months after that. And when it comes back, it'll no longer be Gami in charge. It'll be Yumioka in charge. And I guess she you know, was probably fairly high up in the company anyway. Um, but it could be that they go from this year where they had these kind of veterans uh, near the top of the card to, uh, you know, pushing younger talent. So Asuka has the Regina to wave title at the moment. She's what, like 20 or something. Um, yeah. She is 20 years old. She's ridiculously. Young. Yeah. Uh, Mio Mio Momono has the tag titles with Yumioka at the moment, and she's twenty as well. Um, they've what's got the, people... the, other, the other big. What's the other the other one from Marvel that was champion? She's pretty young too. Takumi, Takumi Aroha. Yeah. She's like twenty four or something. So yeah. yeah, and and then you've got like uh, people like Miyuki Takase and Hiro Nagahama who seem to be due for a push. So when they come back, they they might be a bit more of a focused promotion, um, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, so so do we know why they're going highest? Just because they need time to change over the the like the running of the company. I don't, they've had really quite bad attendances all year, so it wouldn't surprise me if it was a money thing. Mm-hmm. If they just need to take, if they just need to stop running shows for a while to you know financially reset um so let me do we know they'll be back like in march or have they said uh it? yeah i think it's like for i think it's like a four-month hiatus or something oh like wow that. okay yeah. well sounds like a it's a little bit of a sad ending then for a promotion that you guys both enjoyed but the thing about the thing about wave network is though that you can you can go four months without them uploading any content anyway <laughs> so I, I don't think we're going to see the difference really that's funny but yeah there's definitely been a lot of complaints about the the wave network on uh on twitter.com so you know i've seen a lot of them but yeah so that's wave uh sounds like they had a good year if you log in the wave network you might be able to watch some of it (laughs) before they take it down or something uh marvelous i know it's a a promotion you're really high on luke yeah Um, and you've you've watched them as well taylor have you yeah, I've seen um, most of the shows um, from this year. A big percentage of them, yeah. For I, for me, it's the so mar- marvelous. You know, I, I do recommend getting a um, subscription, but I can't say that you're going to see five star matches in every show. But following them this year, they've they've sort of helped me to actually reconsider what I value in wrestling promotions. So they just seem like such a tight knit kind of family enterprise and everyone seems to be having so much fun every time they put on a show and they rented out Shinkiba first ring to run a karaoke show. I mean, how great is that? And yeah, uh, and and they're producing really good talent in the dojo. Um they they have kind of regular spots for some some really good veterans uh, like Kaoru and Tomoko Watanabe. And it's just it's just so much fun to follow. It's I don't think I've had more fun following another promotion this year than I than I have with Marvelous. 
Yeah, I actually had the same thought. I was going to say it often feels watching their shows like you're seeing a bunch of friends hanging out doing a show. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because it seems like everyone gets along. They're having a good time. The the crowd is, you know, having a good time. Um, And the same thing, you're probably not going to see, you know, the greatest match of the year on any of the shows. But there are going to be, you know... um, smattering of of very good matches i mean i thought their their corkin show was really great oh, i'm jealous you've seen that i've only seen the the main event because that went up on stardom world but um yeah i still haven't seen the uh the other matches yeah it was a really fun show and i felt like it showed really the variety that they can bring as well because they had a lot of different they had the new um their new rookie going up against Yoshiko. They had obviously the, the main event, which was kind of a big um, kind of big fight feel kind of match. They had the uh, eight um, eight person tag to open the show, which was kind of their style of, you know, shenanigans going on and things like that. So I thought it was a really good show and was really indicative of kind of them as a total promotion. Cause you could see a lot of the talent and everyone was, you know, very excited to be doing the show. The crowd, which obviously is not the biggest Corican crowd that's ever been in that um, hall, but they were ve- they were very into every single match. They were way behind everyone. So, uh, to me, like Luke said, it's a really fun promotion. And I think that their streaming service in um, U.S. dollars is like three dollars a month or something. Yeah, it's super cheap, and they put up every show as well. So, all right, so definitely have to sign up for that one. I think. Yeah, um, I don't have any marvelous matches in my uh, top ten, so I just want to do an honorable mention. There was a singles match between Mio and Rin, uh, uh, Mio Momono and Rin Katakura on the fifth of August, which was just incredible. Like, if it, it, it's it is a match that felt like two. Uh, people who'd come through the same dojo and really wanted to prove to Big Chig that they're the best. Um, so definitely check that out. All right. So sounds like a good year for Marvelous too. Is pretty much. Yeah. I'm, we're not going to get to any promotions today where you guys are going to be like, yeah, it sucked. No, like uh, wave, <laughs> waves, business issues, and actually, just just to uh, you know, not get ahead, but some of Sendai Girls' booking issues are mm. pretty much the only quibbles I had with Joshi all year. I think. Um, so let's talk Oz Academy. Uh, this is a promotion I think sometimes gets a little easily ignored because really the only way it shows up on TV is when Gayora airs it, right? And that's like. 10 years after the show sometimes there's some nico as well oh um, there's some nico okay yeah. but the gara air date can be pretty bad right if i'm not incorrect on this i'm trying to think um i, don't know, do... I feel like i've seen them like three weeks after the fact when i maybe checked. yeah i mean they carry the bigger shows anyway um yeah. and you you i don't know oz academy i i tend to feel like i know what's gonna happen in the big shows anyway it's quite kind of classic booking for the most part so it is kind of a throwback promotion right that's a good way to put it yeah and that and i think that's part you know that's part of the reason why they get big attendances as well because they still have um you know sonico kato mayumi ozaki adrikong these people from an era where 
Joshi was generally getting bigger attendances. Um, so their their yoga, uh, they ran a show in the same venue that uh, Ice Ribbon ran um, in September, the uh, Yokohama Bunker Gymnasium, and I think they got about they got over two thousand in there, which is probably one of the bigger attendances for a, a normal Joshi promotion this year. Um, and that was that was the show that had um, Hikaru Shidavi Ajakong in the main event. Yeah, which I um, just watched before I came on to record yeah. this, and it was it was amazing. I mean, all the all the hype. One of those matches where people hyped it to me forever, and I kept forgetting to watch it. And then I finally watched. I'm like, oh well. It's, it's when it it's when Ajakong starts bleeding. I mean, yeah. How many stars does that add on? <laughs> yeah. Especially in, in 2018. I even like the early leg work and stuff too. So mm, yeah. Um uh, there's a couple of couple of quite interesting things I think in Oz Academy this year. Um one there was there was a big rivalry um that was going on last year between Ozaki uh Miyumi Ozaki's uh, kind of home army. Um and the other factions in in Oz Academy, and that kind of rumbled through this year. But they the matches all have this. I mean, I can see how mileage might vary because Mayumi Ozaki has her own referee in Mio Shirai, and and she she's the head of the company and she's a massive heel, um, and she she has her own stewed referee. Um, so basically, all the other factions in the company have to figure out ways of kind of getting a stooge referee to make the count for them. Um, and the big breakthrough, the big storyline breakthrough in Oz Academy this year is that they figured it out. They figured out ways of getting Mio Shirai to actually count pins for them. Um, so that was quite fun to see. Uh, there was also some good stuff with uh, a rookie from Actress Girls, who got quite a prominent role in Oz Academy called Kakaru Sekiguchi. Um, and she's currently in the middle of a five series kind of a, a five match like challenge series um, where she, I think she wrestled. I think she had a title shot against Hikaru Shida today, actually. Um, and she, she's had some great matches this year. Like Ozaki just beats the shit out of her, but um, she's very good at, being that kind of, uh, you know, uh, fighting spirit, Joshi baby face. So I've really enjoyed her matches this year. I don't know if either of you have seen any of them. Taylor, um, I've seen a couple shows, not that many, and then a couple of uh, matches here and there. So I haven't seen two. I've seen some, but not too much um, of it. It's it's good. Like I I just think I I don't I don't think that much about what's going on in Oz Academy from day to day. But I always enjoy the shows when I watch them. Uh, what do you think of Oz Academy Zero Taylor? Um, I mean, they probably had the biggest, um, you know, the talk the the match that was most talked about in that Sheeta and Kong match. I feel like that happens every year. Where there's like a Kong match that breaks out to people because <laughs> she's, um, you know, she still has all that appeal to people, the name value, but and, and she still has like one really great match every year. It feels like, I mean, two years ago it was what it was the uh, 
the Mako match. Mm. So, I don't. There was one last year too. What the hell was it? Toyota. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I I mean I don't know if that was a great match, but that that got the biggest attendance. Yeah. That got a huge attendance for the last the last Kong Toyota match. Um, and she was really good in that match. She yeah. she's like it, it is twenty five minutes long, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Some, something like that. Yeah. All right, so Taylor, what do you think of their year overall? Though, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, it's fine. I don't really have that many, you know, more. I don't really have any much more to add that uh, Luke didn't say. So okay, so let's just go to Seedling then, because I know you watch that a lot, Taylor. What do you think of Seedlings 2018? So I thought they had a really good year. Um, I've uh, been watching them for a while and it seemed to be a kind of, oh, we're just here to have some, you know, assorted matches. Um, but I was excited to see them introduce some titles. Um, yeah, start with a tag title first. Yep. And then a uh, kind of top uh, title beyond the seed. Um but I was excited just to give kind of the top of the card a little bit more. Um, I don't even know what word I'm looking for. Like oomph. Yeah. Um, like, like, you know, to be able to put a title match near the beginning or have, you know, the talent go to other promotions, which I know that they did and defend those titles mm-hmm. um, and kind of get the word out um, about seedling. But the one thing I really like about their cards is um, I talked about it before but they have um, a really good variety to their shows. Um, you know, they kind of have the big matches at the top. They have the high-speed uh, matches that most often open the shows. And then they have, you know, Takahashi doing matches with Goshiyazaki. and <laughs> Yes. And things like that. So I really, I always enjoy their shows because you know you're going to get, you know, the shows are usually only four or five matches long. Um, but you know you're going to get five, you know, four or five pretty different matches. So even if one match, you know, maybe you're less into it or you didn't super enjoy it, you know the next match it's going to be a total change of pace. Um, so I thought they had a really strong year, and obviously they have a pretty small, um, quote unquote, roster. Yeah. Um, so I I'm really enjoyed it. people. <laughs> Yeah, Um, but they bring in a lot of um, really good talent. And you're not just seeing the same, you know, eight to ten people every month. You're seeing a big, big variety of talent from a lot of different promotions. So I really like that as well. I thought they had a really strong year. Here's 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 something. Um, So the first tag champions I thought was a great pick for first tag champions. Uh, Borderless is a very cool team. Rina Yamashita. I feel like has a lot of buzz right now with in certain circles and Yoshiko. They're an awesome team. Um, the first singles champion, I saw a lot of people not happy that Nanai beat Arisa Nakajima. What do you think of that decision? Um, well, it's funny because I was totally unspoiled and I saw someone post, it might have been you, John, that was like, oh, not happy with. Um, not happy with who won or something like yeah. that, something you posted like that. And so I was thinking I wasn't even in the finals yet. So I was thinking, Oh God, like who, who wins this? I really like Takahashi. So I'm, I mean, I'm happy with her to have the title. She's going to have good matches. I can see where people are coming from where, you know, you might want to put it on Arisa. 
Um, but I just think she's so. You know, good. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Also, but you know, behind the scenes, in terms of, I know they've talked about going even outside the country to defend the title. Um, so I don't know if it's a thing where maybe Arisa doesn't. You know, she's yeah. like, oh, I'm happy just doing these couple matches a month here and there in Japan. So I don't right, know what right. it is. Hang on, I think Arisa, oh. Arisa wrestled a swordfish in Cambodia. Give her some respect. Did you see that <laughs> no, I didn't see it. Uh, it's called, it's on the Seedling YouTube page. I think the oh, show okay. is called like Wrestling in Cambodia on Straw. And she wrestles Natsuki Tayo, who's only technically retired. Like, let's, mm. let's face it. Uh, and Natsuki Tayo is dressed as a swordfish. And it's... <laughs> <laughs> so I want to I, I want to say really quickly before I get like Brandon is an, an I hater I think she's awesome which is one of my top five matches of the year it's just if it was me booking I would like Arisa Nakajima is like I think one of the best wrestlers in the world right now so I don't know I just would yeah, I would agreed I would have been on her and focused on her as like the folks of the company especially after she like you know it feels like she sacrificed part of her career to come over here, you know? Like maybe maybe it's like what you're saying, Taylor, that she likes doing only a few matches a month. But it's like I don't know. She was she just she only gets to do a couple matches a month now. I would I would have her as champion. But I get but it could be like what you're saying where she doesn't want to go overseas or whatever. But yeah, I was just I was disappointed she didn't win, but maybe they're just gonna build up to her winning later. Yeah, I'm I'm just holding out for it being an angle. Like, cause, cause then I did this in Stardom as well, right? You yeah. Know, she, she, she was the first Red Belt champion in Stardom, and then they, they built up somebody to take it off her. So, I mean, it's not like Arisa needs building up. She was the ace in Pure J before she jumped to start uh, to Seedling. So, you know, but, but yeah, there's they can get another, another couple of Corican main events out of this angle before they put it on Arisa. And you know, if they don't put it on a recent next year, I'll then I'll be mad. But <laughs> okay, it's, that's fair. You know, I'm sorry, Taylor, that I sort of spoiled it. I guess not really, but I would have been okay. No, with you that. didn't really, because I was expecting a totally different direction. So I was like, oh, she won. You know, I think they're both talented. In the end, is is probably my mindset. So I said, oh, it's going to be good matches either way. Probably. I would have also, I would also like to see Takumi maybe, but if if you wanted to go the outsider route, but uh, not, not really Hanako. I mean, I like she, Hanako's okay, but she's not on the level of the other three, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so seedling though, good year, I would say. I enjoyed a lot of this stuff. That that uh, that October third Corican. If you we talked about it on this show actually when we did the a Jewish episode with Alex a little while back, but that was an incredible show. It's one of my favorite shows the entire year. So I just, like just yeah, just before we wrap up on seedling, I just want to say that as well as having these two, uh, you know, championships to build on next year, they also seem to be building a bit of storyline into the high speed division. Uh, so there was a Shinkiba show in between those two Korokans, uh, where Hikari Shimizu from Actress Girls had her first uh appearance in seedling and she was in the high speed match and at the end she cut this promo uh basically uh asking natsuki tayo to teach her the ways of high speed wrestling um 
and like Mia Momono has been kind of the the you know holding that division down. Uh, Miyuki Takase has come in and and been a kind of big cheerleader for it. So I'm kind of excited to see where they go with that. Um, they need to get the belt from Stardom. <laughs> it just seems insane to me that you've got Natsuki Taiyo right there, and this Neo high speed belt is sat there in Stardom. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Um. But yeah, so good good year for Seedling, I would say overall. Yes. I don't think anyone would yes, agree. And there's and they and it's set up really well for twenty nineteen, I think too. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna rule twenty nineteen. Yeah. I really I really, really hope, Taylor, if you're still going to Japan the same time as I am, that we can get to a seedling show. Yeah, I, I hope so because the one I went to last time we were there was was a lot it was a very good show but it was also a lot of fun so yeah i hope they're running a show while we're yeah there. and i didn't go to that one so that's why i'm hopeful i can like this time i will definitely go to yokohama for them if i have to um okay so we ended like that what i would say the big three uh at least as far as like western fan interest and also what i watch the most of <laughs> we'll start with sendai girls um like you said about the booking, they've mm. the booking in Sunday Girls has been, I think, the big complaint for a while. Um, there's it's, some stuff here I'm not a big fan of. It seems to be getting a little bit better, yeah. but I don't know. Maybe I'm just putting too much weight on how Mika Iwata is booked. But that that carry that does carry weight, I think, because she's mm-hmm. she's very very good, and she was languishing in this tag team that were having title shots every single big show and, and never winning. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, she did finally beat Hana Kimura again uh, on April 19th at Kirk, and that was good. Yeah, and that, um, and that show was kind of, I, I feel like the way that that show was booked, so that was the show that, that then had Io versus Mako and then yeah. Chihiro versus Ayako Hamada in the main event. And I feel like the way that show was promoted um, really put the Mika Hanna rivalry up as almost being a kind of like co-main event. Um, it was booked very strong and Mika getting the win seemed to matter a lot. And she has kicked on since then. I mean, she's a tag tag champion now. Um, but yeah, it, it, it took a while. And also them taking the belt off Jihiro again. <laughs> Um, obviously, obviously, this would be the only promotion, the other promotion that uh, I am, yes. that got affected by the Ayako thing. So they went a long time without putting, without like, oh, they, they just gave the belt right back to Chihiro. No, uh, it was it, uh, she. Um, she had a match against Dash. It was on a, a big. Um, was it a big? Was it a Michinoku Pro show? Oh, that they had that okay, match. Okay. Yeah, right. That's why it's not showing up in the results. Yeah. So the uh, Mega World Title, yeah, she won. She beat um, Dash. She beat Dash at on this June twenty fourth, Minchinoka Pro. It was a Jinvation Shaki anniversary show. So yeah, that so was it, a, sorry, go ahead. It was a big show. It, it, did, take, it? it did take two months, basically. <laughs> so so uh, Hamada won the title April nineteenth. They stripped her May thirteenth. It looks like, and then you know they didn't name the new champion until June twenty fourth. But Chihiro's had it ever since, so. Yeah, and I hope that, because, uh, like, that match she had with Hamada was great, but I thought that the, the Mako match 
at the end of last year was the end of that storyline where Chihiro kept losing to legends and then beating them the second time around and yeah. I thought I thought we were done with that I, I actually liked that storyline a lot more than a lot of other people did but when they just went back to the well again I don't know it just seemed like not a good idea like just give Chihiro a you know a long run this time uh, yeah. What do you think about the the idea of bringing a Sendai Girls Junior title? Uh, great. <laughs> it it depends on who they it depends on who they uh, you know give title shots to because there's there's so many. I mean, this is something actually that's um, been the theme of a lot of questions that I've seen. Uh, Twenty eighteen has been a great year for rookies and for you know younger wrestlers stepping up. And there are there's there's so many people out there that could that could challenge and put on really great matches with uh, Ayame Sasamura from K Dojo, who is the Sendai Junior Champion. Um, so I hope that's where they're going with it, and that it doesn't just kind of get stuck in this, you know, Ami Sato and Manami challenging every the big only, show. The only thing I don't like about it really is that. I, I feel like if you're going to have a title for younger wrestlers in a Japanese promotion, you probably shouldn't call it your junior title because it's like so established in Japan as like the junior heavyweight, you know? Yeah. So call it the, it call be... it the, fu- the future of Sendai championship. That's yeah. right. But other than that, I like the idea. And Sasamura, um, Sasamura is great. Um, she's fantastic. What do you, what do you think of Sendai girls year, Taylor? Yeah, I thought it was a strange year. I mean, <clears throat> to me, part of it is, I mean, maybe it doesn't define the year, but I just think of the launch of their streaming service where it seemed like they were going to do big things and it was going to be like this big, oh, we're going to reach out to the Western world and things like that. And they started the streaming service. And I, when was the last time they uploaded a show? Uh, they did on one this that? week. But, uh, oh, I this think, week, but I think before that, month before that, yeah, yeah. So how it's long, one of those. Long, sorry, you got cut off. How long did they go before that? Uh, at least a month. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. A whole. So it's period. one of those. Yeah, it's one of those things where, um, and actually, I, you know, I didn't even sign up because I was going to sign up, and everyone said, "Oh, they're not uploading anything on there," um, so I haven't even signed up for it yet. I mean, I agree with the Chihiro um, issues because I've had an issue with that. I think I'm like Luke where I didn't have a huge issue with it last year because I kind of got it from a storyline perspective. But, I mean, once you're doing it over and over again, you kind of want part two of the story instead of just another part one. You know what? You know what? I can I can draw a good parallel, I think, from, from a Sendai to a male promotion I think Sendai desperately needs Chihiro and Mika Iwata to like be a big generational feud next year. I think they need Mika Iwata to to be her big rival and take the title off her and have a big long feud. Just like all Japan kind of needs Jake Lee to be a big thing next year and you know have Kento Miharba's Jake Lee be a big fe- title feud. I think I think it's very important promotion that it, I mean maybe it isn't Mika maybe I'm I'm, I'm reading this wrong. No, I it's, think it's Mika. It's okay. Mika. <laughs> so I think that should be I think that should be the big thing next year. I'm re- I was really surprised they didn't do it this year, but 
you know, may, hopefully they, they're finally ready to do that next year. Because like you guys are saying, the the Chihiro loses the title to a veteran and wins it back thing is played the fuck out at this point. Yeah, Mika needs to beat Mako. That's that's the next thing that needs to happen. Um, and I feel like we're still probably quite a long way from that. But we, um, the way that Mika has sort of carried herself in this uh, recent feud with Kagetsu um, has been really interesting to see because she's she's actually looked more riled up about the whole thing than anybody else on the roster, mm-hmm. um, which is is interesting considering she's kind of, you know, been the lowest down down the pecking order um for quite a while so i i i'm i'm really really hopeful that next year is the year that mika gets that that run um at least as a viable challenger at the top of the card um anything else on sunday girls taylor uh no i don't have anything okay then seems like the promotion were probably the most down on this year but it did have some fun stuff just the booking can be very confusing sometimes i was i was excited actually just one last point uh that because um you know mako now has this very strong relationship with uh british wrestling that that she brought over <laughs> uh people like was that you coughing at the idea of brit <laughs> I, yeah. I just like, <laughs> like <laughs> I, yeah. I usually try to up. Try to like mute it really fast, but that one that cough like attacks me. <laughs> um, so Sa- Sammy Jane, Rhea O'Reilly, and Millie McKenzie all all worked in uh, Sendai Girls this year on on big shows, which was nice for me to see. Uh, yeah. All right, so we have like two promotions left. So let's do Tokyo Joshi Pro next. Um, this is a promotion I think all three of us watched a lot of this year. Um, so early in the year, this is this was my favorite promotion, like of anything, like male, female, anything. Like I just thought they were, they really hit their stride after the January fourth uh, Corican, where Miyu wins back the Princess of Princess title from Reika Psyche to begin her second reign, and it just felt like they really were like hitting on all cylinders here. Um, you know, you have Miyu as like the amazing ace. You have um, you know the Neo Bishiki Goon stuff going on with. Saki-sama and Azusa Christie winning the tag titles and just being awesome. Um, obviously, you have the Up-Up Girls, which uh, became somewhat of a, you know, an undercard, like, opening match type enjoyable thing watching them debut. You have Maki Ito, who's just, like, killing it. Although, you know, just as much in regular DDT as in, uh, as in Tokyo Joshi. But yeah, there's just a lot of really good stuff here. Um, Miyu's title reign has been awesome. You know, I really liked where she won the title. Um, I like the match with uh, with Rika Tatsumi a lot. Um, you know, just just really, really awesome stuff. The Princess Cup I thought was really good. You know, I would say like the the moment where it turns a little bit for me is after the August 25th Corican, where she beats you in the big title match that I thought was just really, really, really um, well built up. And it felt like a very anticipated match since you know, you would beat her the first time. Uh, and that w- that's what ended Miu's first run. So it felt like this rematch had a big, a, lo- a great deal behind it. And again, this is one of my favorite shows of the year. You have the Saki 
versus Azusa, like basically on her way after Azusa dropped the Azusa Christie character and Saki kind of dropped the Saki Sama character. Um, you know, you had that that one last match leading into Azusa's retirement. You have the a really good tag title match here um, with Mizuki and Yuka Sakazaki beating Maki Ito and Reika Saiki. And yeah, just really good stuff. And then I feel like there is a drop-off after this Corrigan. Yeah, the, you guys... Oh, sorry, go ahead. The the one, the the only kind of really, really top-level match after the August Corrigan was um, the Maki Ito-Mizuki singles match. Yeah, that was um, Which was just kind of a, a an epilogue almost to, to yeah. that story. I mean, they um, really haven't... They, they, have, they don't run that many shows, so they haven't done... A ton of shows since the August 25th Corican, but there just hasn't been a lot going on. It felt like the entire promotion has been in a little bit of a holding pattern. And the big, you know, we have this big match on January 4th coming up with uh, with Miyu Yamashita and Maki Ito for the title. That again feels like the biggest match they could do right now. So yeah, they, yeah, I, I think I think that card will. I feel like that card is going to effectively kind of relaunch them in the way that it did last year. Yeah. Um, cause, cause I think that basically what's happened in the, in the kind of last third of this year is that all the injuries and retirements have just caught up with them. And, um, and, so. and I think, I really think the loss of Saki-sama is a big deal. Yeah. The <laughs> loss of Neo Bishikigun in general, yeah. cause they were, they were like one of the best things on there. The loss of Maho earlier in the year, the loss of, uh, um uh well uh who else so yeah rika and marika both uh marika kabashi and rika tatsumi both out through injury um so i mean that's quite a sizable chunk of their you know their talent um that that they've lost in 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 the latter part of this year so um it's kind of understandable i think it's encouraging that the 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 new Rookies seem to be getting along quite well. Um, so Pom Harajuku, Neko Haruna, and I haven't seen the the third one. I haven't the seen third one, the third one. Is like, isn't she the one that's like five nine and four? Yeah, she's like fourteen years old. And... <laughs> Where the fuck did they find a five foot nine girl Japanese girl that's fourteen years old? That's pretty weird. I don't really know what her gimmick is either. I, if you look her at their costumes, cool. If you look at the replies to when they announced her debut, they're really funny. It's all like Daphne Field being like, "The big rookie has been found," or like <laughs> the real big rookie. Yeah, one of them's like, "Oh, a new Saki, a new Saki sub has been found." <laughs> like, yeah, they're very excited. I haven't yeah. seen her match, but the uh, uh, Pom Harajuku seems seems okay. Um, uh Neko Haruna seems pretty good. The uh Hikari and Miu from the Up Up Girls have really stepped up, I think, in the last few months. Um Yeah, the Up Up Girls are awesome. We want to say since it's now Omikaze Canon, they all had a better than they do styles. So. We have a question about that actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, like the I, I think that it's just so much has changed. So much uh, also Nodoka ditching her gimmick. Uh, which became incredibly popular over the course of the Princess Cup. Like she just got fucking tired of it. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but did you see the interview? Um, so at Johnny Landmine on Twitter uh, translated a post from her blog uh, where she talked about the reason that she did get rid of that, and it was that she um, 
was worried that the gimmick was almost too easy for everyone to cheer, like ah. it was cheap. So she wanted to see if she could actually get crowds on, you know, on her side uh, without doing a, a coordinated song and dance routine before the match, um, which is, you know, noble. Um, but yeah, can like... Say, oh, can I say, by the way, one of, a thing I like a lot that I don't think very few people probably remember because it was so short. The the Yuki Kamifuku was joining Neo Bishiki Goon thing. That yes, was fucking, that was fucking hilarious. And she just put a little mask on. Yeah. <laughs> and it, like it, there was a, a the six woman tag on the I think it was the May nineteenth show. It was like Hikari, Yuna Manase, and you against uh, Neo Bishiki Goon, Azu- Azusa Christie, Saki Sama, and Yuki. And like Yuki is just increasingly fucking up, and Azusa Christie is just getting like angrier and angrier at her. That was awesome. I uh, really liked that a lot. It was so, Fuku is so fucking funny. It was she's not so a great wrestler, funny. but she's so hilarious. Because they built that they built that up so much as well. And then it lasted for one match. <laughs> <laughs> and that was awesome. And she also has a great tag title match with uh, Marika Kobashi and Reika Saiki against Maki Ito and Mizuki. Oh, I feel yeah, like that's yeah. like a forgotten awesome match. Oh, the, the tag title. The Ito respects Ami yeah. tag tag title shot yeah 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 and like that and unfortunately marika kobashi got injured right after this but i can't, can't wait to see her back next year she she made some i think she made some progress this year so she was great yeah. early on this year she she was like she just had that fighting spirit thing down um yeah. especially when she was up against saki um that was a great rivalry oh is yumi the girls yumi's a new girl's name because yeah, she wrestled Saki it. Akai on the on the, yeah. on the Shinjuku Face Show, which I guess makes sense. So. The, on, the only person of comparable height on the yeah. Well, no, no, Yuki Kamifuku. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're about. She, she's like five eight. But yeah, Saki and Yumi. That's a that was had, had to be her debut match. I guess I haven't seen that show yet. It's just from December first, but yesterday. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it because it seems seems interesting. Taylor, what do you think of Tokyo Joshi Pro this year? So I think while they probably, for me personally, didn't have the strongest, um, I don't mean to say not the strongest, but I would put maybe a couple of promotions ahead of them in terms of in-ring um, work. I mean, to me, I think they're the promotion of the year in terms of, I feel like they are have the biggest buzz to me. Yeah, um, definitely on certain, England. On yeah. like pure on Twitter for sure. So, and I mean, I do think that there's, that they've had uh, a number of very good matches. So I don't mean to say, you know, the in-ring has been bad or anything like that. Um, but I just think they're, they're a fun kind of different, especially for me watching, you know, promotions like Seedling and Wave and things like that, where a lot of it is just, hey, let's get in the ring and beat the shit out of each other. Um, to go to this kind of more, you know, this promotion that's more fun and the characters are bigger and it's very, you know, DDT influenced. Um, and obviously I'm a big fan of DDT. So I think that they've had a good year and I'm interested to see what happens next year. Cause I think um, you both talked a lot about the roster overhaul, uh, which to me feels a little bit like um, the promotion still growing and changing into a kind of quote unquote final, not final form, but kind of the where exactly they want to go with what the promotion is. Um, 
so yeah, I think that they could even have a better 2019 because I think they've set themselves up really well to develop um, some new people, but also increase a lot of the current roster. You know, obviously Maki Ito has blown up this year and we'll see what happens on January 4th. Does that get bigger? Does it, you know, stay the same? Um, but I think that they've, I think that they've had a great year this year. I think they're in a really good position, actually, just, just picking up on what you said there, Taylor, to, to just uh, like, it, it's almost as if it doesn't matter that, that their roster, there's been this massive churn with the roster. I feel like the brand is really established now. Um, and I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did the same attendances or better at all their Corican shows next year. Um, just because there's so much buzz around the brand, um, kind of regardless of, you know, what, what kind of talented personnel they've lost. Cause we should also say you has now left, um, to go, to go and work international dates. So there's, there's that as well. Um, but I think they'll be, I think they'll be good. I think they'll thrive. They have a lot of, a lot of young talent still. So I'm not really that, I mean, look, I'm really personally kind of bummed about the U departure. She's in my match of the year for Tokyo Joshi Pro and I think she's awesome. But I'm personally delighted because I'm gonna get to see her a bunch of times next season. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's fair too, I guess. But yeah, so uh really good year with Tokyo Joshi Pro. I would agree that they're the they were my yes. favorite promotion from an overall standpoint. Yeah, agreed. So let's see. The big one. The big one, stardom. Uh, we saved the the one from last that you know the most people listening to this probably would be interested in. Um, so, what did you guys think of the year? I thought they had a a really weird year in that in the first half of the year, I really was not that into them, honestly. But after they lost Io Shirai and yeah. Tony Storm and a lot of other people, I was way more into them. It's very weird. It's very uh very counterintuitive to a degree, but like I think. Once they were really pushing Momo and Jungle Kiona and, you know, really had to go full tilt with that stuff. And once they, especially once Utami and Ashishita comes in and has like one of the, my favorite rookie runs in like, it's a memory. I I just think this promotion really hit like a different level and they had a great five-star Grand Prix. So first half of the year, I really wasn't into them at all. Second half of the year, I thought they were awesome. They set up some good stuff in the first half of the year, though. There was the um, the Oedo Tai Queen's Quest um, kind of loser leaves unit match, um, which then led to a, a big sort of feud between Mayu and Tam and Hana and Kagetsu, which was great. Um, and and the, the kind of storyline threads from that have carried through into where we are now, I think. I think that's, that's the thing for me, for, like... EO EO leaving definitely helped them to to um kind of move into new territory and do interesting things. Um but I feel like they've been telling these stories from the beginning of the year to now that have been fairly consistent and really interesting. Um so yeah, I, I can see your point, John, totally, but um I, I do think they had some interesting stuff going on in the first half of the year as well. I mean, yeah, there was some stuff I liked. I just, it went from a promotion that was very low on my radar to a promotion I liked a lot. So, but I get what you mean. Yeah, I uh, think it reminds me a lot 
thought of a couple of years ago when like New Japan lost all those people all at once. And I think it just forces you to say, hey, here's the same thing we've been doing for the last X amount of time. And now we can't do that anymore. So what are we going to do now? And they've obviously had a lot of talent um, up and down the roster. So it was just a moment to move people into new positions, which I think a lot of them have succeeded in. Um, so, yeah, I, I've enjoyed their year. Yeah. But then they almost seem to have this sort of bounty. Like they've got, they've got all these, these, you know, youngsters like Momo and Hazuki and, uh, uh, Utami that can work those main events and take those kind of top spots. But then they're also bringing back people from the old days, like Saki Kishima, uh, and Arisa Hoshiki recently. So they, it just feels, and and they've also got you know, uh, homegrown talent like Natsuko Tara, sort of stepping up to the plate. So it just feels like they've got a lot <laughs> at the deep, moment. Deep, deep roster, yes. Yeah. Like if anyone was really, um, you know, like set up to, you know, deal with departures like Io and, you know, Tony as heavily she was being pushed and. You know some other people i i just think this was this was the promotion that was able to do it so yeah and we were all worried i mean i i, I was definitely worried like it was ages it was like two years ago now that that uh Kyrie and eo were first earmarked yeah. uh, to go to wwe and i remember sort of thinking you know they're in all the main events um they they all have you know they both have multiple titles and you know what what's what's going to be left when they leave and like like you say john i think it's actually helped them a great deal um just get, moving on to the next generation and sort of telling new stories uh let's give yeah, a special I think... oh, sorry i was just gonna say let's give a special shout out to mayu too because oh, yeah. she's yeah. like the one of the three that didn't go and she's just been i mean she's always been fucking awesome but she continued being fucking awesome well she's sure... had a He's had a proper kind of redemption arc, I think, from yeah. from the from the injury, but but also going back to, I mean, <laughs> I feel like everything in Stardom points back here now, but but the the Thunder Rock breakup, yeah. um, and uh, you know Mayu going on this uh, this sort of weirdly compelling story after that, where she ended up winning both the red and the white belt but then getting injured almost immediately afterwards um and now she comes back she takes charge of this new unit she has all these um sort of youngsters and like uh older talent coming back that are under her wing and then she wins the five-star grand prix and she'll probably win the red belt as well soon um and it feels like a, a proper you know a proper redemption arc um, I don't think she'll be the ace ever because they've got Momo now and they've got people who are kind of better suited to that role. But um, she's been very, very important to them this year, I think. Yeah. Uh, Taylor, you were going to say something. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, I I agree that when Io and Kyrie were, when it was said that they were leaving, I think a lot of people you know, they've shown that they are prepared, but it felt at the time like they were not prepared because yeah. as Luke said, their undercards can be um, very dry. I don't very know samey. samey. 
Yeah, okay. samey, and it just never feels sometimes like people are going to break out of the undercard. So I think it felt that way where you went, oh, are people ready? But just giving people the opportunity has shown that they are ready, where I don't think you were seeing that when um, watching kind of these, you know, samey undercard matches. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to like point to the people who turned out to be really uh, well prepared for this, for being thrust into this, um, you would have to say, first of all, Momo Watanabe, who is going to end up like, I think she's going to end up like top three or top five on my most outstanding list. You know, like we don't know wrestling 100 list at the end of the year. Like she just was incredible all year. And like if that, having someone like that just like, ready to step up and fill that like Yushirai, like, you know, kind of like work rate queen kind of role was just a really important spot, I think. So she she was really important. Hazuki turned out to be really a lot more ready than people thought. And like putting her with Oedo Tai, which seemed really weird when they first did it, turned out to be a great move for her to like set her up as a big rival for Momo. Um, and then having fucking Utami come out of nowhere, like literally out of nowhere. Like she just appears one day as like this super rookie and is just immediately racking people and just having these amazing matches. I mean, I I have her in a four and three quarter star match this year. When is the last time a a person who just debuted, like she she might be the best rookie since Junakiyama? I I really think there's an argument to be made as far as like someone who immediately shows up and is able to wrestle at that high a level. I don't know whether to put it down to, you know, just good fortune on their part, <laughs> like whether they just looked into that, but they, they, they definitely booked it right. Yeah, they definitely booked it right. But like, it's definitely good fortune as well to have this girl just show up and be like, oh yeah, I'm ready to like have four and three quarter star main events two months into my career. So we was... haven't even spoken about Kagetsu yet, but yeah, <laughs> by the way. Um, that she she's now like the head trainer. Um, so that was another thing that uh, about EO leaving was that you know they were losing this really important, influential locker room figure, and Kagetsu seems to have stepped up uh, into that role now as well. So it, even though she's been for a red belt champion, she's been she hasn't main evented that much. Which is a bit yeah, weird. Yeah, and I didn't like the Hana match that much. I yeah, me neither. But but like clearly, Kagetsu has a very important role in the company. It's just not necessarily one we're seeing on the Corrigans. Yeah, I mean, she and she feels like a I don't know. She feels like a really long transitional champion at this point. But yeah, I don't know. That's the only like if I have any big complaint post EO, I think this Kagetsu reign has been not very good. But we'll see. I guess I think Mai is about to end it anyway. So yeah. Is that, is that already booked for a show? I, it's weird, I because Mayu does have the white belt shot that she had against Momo. That was yeah. Momo challenging her, yeah. so so she does still have a red belt shot, I think. Okay. Um, and I don't know whether that's going to be, uh, the Christmas Eve show or or what. Yeah, but, I mean yeah. that would, that seemed like it would make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like other than that, you know. When we talked about with people stepping up, Konami's been great too. I totally forgot to mention her. Um, yeah, it's it's just been a bit. Um, I don't know. She's had flashes, but she's also toiled quite a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like she, I, she, I guess I'm thinking more five star Grand Prix. Where I thought she was awesome in that. Yeah, yeah. She she. I, I, yeah, if she just gets to show a bit more of what she's capable of next year, I think. Yeah. You know. Um. 
so what do we think? What else started him this year? What is there anything that really like disappointed you? Because I will say, well, I guess I just said the Kagetsu reign. Um, I didn't the Momo Mayu rematch, the title match. I was it was good, but I really expected more after the first match they had. I don't know. Like I really like the 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 um the GP match a lot better. I think I was the other way around, but the the Momo Kagetsu match I found quite disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was just because the they booked it at a weird time. Um, it was uh, what was it? They booked it like about a week before Mayu was scheduled to have a match against Momo for the white belt. Yeah, and it was for both titles. Um, so it was kind of obvious it was going to a draw. And yeah. they worked it <laughs> in a way that made it obvious it was going to a draw. So um, that was just kind of bad booking, I think. I hear uh, you. More than anything. Uh, Taylor, do you have any more thoughts on Stardom before we wrap this one up? Um, trying to. I don't. No, I don't think so. Good year, I would say overall. Better in the second half, but yeah, and they set, and they're set again set up very well for 2019. And they've had, I think they've had the best, it's funny, they've had sort of the best joined up storytelling of any promotion, I think. Like TJP has had amazing stories in isolation, Um, but the way that all the characters kind of intersect in stardom, I think is is a lot more kind of sophisticated than, than a lot of the other companies out there. Um, okay, so let's get into our award picks then. We've gone through almost every promotion. Obviously, we should start with wrestler of the year. So this would take into account like MVP quality and also, um, you know, mo- like their in-ring, like a lot of different stuff. So we'll look for a top three here. Um, Taylor, give me like your number three pick for this. Sorry, you broke up. That's me, the number three. Yeah, number three pick, pick for wrestler of the year. Yeah, sorry. I uh, would probably be. I don't. I haven't. I haven't written this down, but so I'm just kind of spitballing off the top of my head. Would probably be Fujimoto. Um, From I Turban. Yeah, and and other promotions. I just think she's had a strong uh, year in a lot of different promotions. So. Um, I mean, I could see a lot of people putting her one, but to me, you know, she's going number three. What do you think, Luke? I I only I have one definitive answer for this. <laughs> oh, you don't have a, okay, you don't have a top three. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so my my number three would be Hikaru Shida. I just thought she she was awesome at where she went. She was uh, she won the Odds Academy title. Um, she had that big angle and ice ribbon. She got to main event with Mara Fuji in her own like produced show. So I'm I would go with Sheeta number three. Number two I go with Maya Iwatani. Again, I thought she was just very important to um you know really saving stardom's year after you and all the, and Tony and all that left. Even though she didn't win the red belt, she did win the five star Grand Prix. All her performances were awesome. And I think she's clearly the top star like to the to that crowd there right now. Um who'd you have number two, Taylor? Um, I think I'd probably have Miyu Yamashita number two. I'm trying to think, you know, I haven't thought much. Through, I don't really think much throughout the year in terms of who's, 
drawing just because personally when I'm watching matches, that doesn't really go into my brain. And that's usually what I think of when I think of this category. So I'm just trying to like go through my mind and think combined who had a good year and was a draw. And I think Miyu, obviously Tokyo Joshi had a strong year and she was at the top and she also had a good year in ring. So she'd probably be my number two or maybe even my number one. Um, okay. And Miyu Yamashita is my number one. So she's my number one too. Yeah. I mean, she was the ace all year long in that company. Just fucking killed it. And so. she, she's really good. She's, I mean, she's not as, she's not charismatic in the same way that Maki Ito is charismatic, but she does carry herself really well outside of the ring as well, I think. Um, and she's just, there's, there's no one quite like her when she's in the ring as, as an ace. Uh, I just think she inhabits that role so perfectly. She's yeah. so believable. Um, yeah, no, okay. I'm, no, I'm, okay. Oh, well, who, who are we going to vote number one then? No, now I'm just thinking, who would I vote number one? I think I was like Luke where I hadn't really thought of, of three for this. Uh, so I was just kind of spitballing. So maybe Yamashita would be my number one. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think she'd be a strong number one pick, and I totally could see her at number one. I was batting around either her or Momo for this, because I think Momo's done an incredible job of stepping up to that kind of Corican main event slot um, that Io and Kyrie used to have. Considering she's 19, or is she 20 now? She's she's very, very young anyway, um, and she's done she's done a great job of of being a credible, you know, main eventer. Um, but I don't know. Me is just, she is TJP. And I had, and we're also supposed to talk about like, if they're contenders overall, I think me definitely is. I have her third overall on my list. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know, Taylor, where you would have her on like an overall list, but. Yeah, I would have to think, I don't know if I've gone any farther than, just the handful so far just because i haven't even started thinking about it yet um but she certainly could appear on my list definitely um and then what about most outstanding so this is strictly in ring you know also like a we don't know wrestling 100 type list uh, i have a top three Anyone else i have a top three okay um uh i have a top three okay so taylor who do you have third so i have fujimoto third um, really any of these three that I mentioned, I could probably be convinced to make number one in truth. Um, but just going on gut, I would put Fujimoto third. I think she had a lot of strong matches looking up and down my, um, kind of list of top matches that I have. Um, she appears a lot, but maybe a little bit less than, than my two and one. Um, what do you have third, Luke? I have Mio Momono. Um, so she hasn't been in any of the matches that I've put in my kind of top most recommended category, but I don't think I've seen her in a dull match all year. Um, she can work. She, she had a great, uh, tournament run in Catch the Wave, so, um, she can do kind of tournament wrestling she can do serious singles matches she can do goofy multi-plan tag matches she is the current wave 
tag champion and having great matches there and she's just always fun to watch so yeah Mio Momina uh and I have Arisa Nakajima third I just thought she was fucking awesome in every single thing I saw her in so just not like enough volume maybe to have her higher but just I think she's one of the best in the world right now um Taylor what do you have second who do you have second? so I have Nakajima second um and I think she's not first because of the reason you mentioned in terms of volume I don't even know I think last time I counted she was at 29 matches for the year or something like that which is not a huge number and I think that's the only thing that probably keeps her from number one because if she had a little bit more matches now she may have some more excellent matches which would definitely put her over the top um but yeah i just think volume is the only thing that keeps her from number one because as you'll see when we go through our top 10 matches she is um all over it um but yeah i think the volume is just the thing that keeps her from my number one spot um and i have Oh, actually, Luke, what do you have second? <laughs> uh, number two, I have Misaki Ohata. Um, and I guess there's a similar thing with Nakajima there in that, I, like, when she was in her Regina DeWave title run, she was putting on some of my favorite matches of the year. Um, she's been great in tag matches with Avid Rival. Um yeah, it's just I think I think she's slowed down a little bit as she's getting ready for retirement this month. Um so she had a better first half of the year than second half. Um but there's very few wrestlers I would rather watch uh than her and I'm sad she's retiring. Um and I have Miriam Yamashita second. I just think, you know, she's in- incredible all year. Just the prototypical ace and pretty like pretty much all of her title mat defenses a lot. Uh, first place, Taylor, who do you have? So I have Masaki Ohada first. Um, I actually don't disagree with what Luke said in that she's slowed down a little bit um, in the second half of the year. I would like um, for her to maybe have one more great match this month, which is possible on her retirement show at the end of the month or maybe something comes out before that point. Um, but I just think she's had so such a high volume of um, great matches to me that she, um, as I've discussed on the show before, has been a pretty clear number one to me for a while. Um, so she stays number one, obviously, unless, you know, Nakajima or something comes out with another great match and maybe I, you know, flip them or whatever. But yep, Ohada. Who do you have first, Luke? It's probably not very surprising based on what I was just saying a few minutes ago, but I have Momo Watanabe first. Um, I, do, I do too, by the way. So. <laughs> um, she she's just she has just excelled this year. I think she's she's had um yeah she's stepped up to this very very difficult spot and been entirely credible as a young ace, um, which I think is really remarkable and. The the thing the thing about Momo's matches that um that never you know I, I always I always enjoy immensely is that she always goes into them 
looking like she's really pissed off that she hasn't won yet. <laughs> like all the way through the match. Actually, Arisa is the same way for me, actually. <laughs> yeah, they both, yeah. They both always look so angry and grumpy when they start their matches. Yeah, like the, the especially you saw this especially in the five star Grand Prix that Momo, every single match she had, she was trying to finish it quickly. Yeah. Um, and like what why wouldn't you want to do that as a wrestler? Yeah. Um, she also just fucking kills people, which is what I love about her. I mean, like she's she's in my top five, but like if I expanded in like a top ten or like honorable mentions for match of the year, she'd be there over and over again because I just love watching her kill people. So I think she's really balanced in ring as well. She's got the strikes. She's also got some quite good sort of technical moves. And, yeah, yeah. Her selling's good too. Her selling's good. She's got really good pacing. She's yeah. um overall my overall list. I have her. I think third right now either third or fourth so she's very high on my overall like most outstanding wrestler list so just think she's had an incredible year would you put i, I assume you put a number one overall look because all you watch is joshi yeah yeah i <laughs> i was <laughs> i was wondering about this question i i yeah she, so you she, it's the same thing it's Taylor, the same, yeah, you, do you exactly. ha- when do you have uh ohada on your overall list uh she will probably be in the top five if not the top three she's going to be very close to the top um definitely in the mix i know that i don't know exactly where she'll slot i have to think more about that but she'll definitely be um at least in the top five at the very least this is is like the exact opposite of the wwe show where every time i'd ask this question it'd be like uh no this this winner is nowhere near my top 10 it's overall (laughs) but um okay so best major show um i have three here anyone else have three i've just got one okay i have one as i only have one as okay well. so i'll just get my top three real quick um and they're all like my top three major shows and my top five match of the year it's all in like a two-month period it's very weird how that happened so i have the stardom september 24th corican um number three that was the five-star grand prix final i just thought when two of your top five matches overall on the same show, you have to give that show its due. And then there's also some other stuff I liked here in like shorter matches. Um, second place, I have Seedlings October 3rd Corican, which was like that really, really awesome um, first round of the uh, title tournament show. Again, yeah, I, I, I preferred the first round to the, the finals. Yeah, me well. too. Yeah. So it was a great show. And then my number one, I have Tokyo Joshi Pros. Uh, August 25th, Corican. I just thought top to bottom, the show was awesome. Uh, you know, I, a great double main event, Mizuki and Sakazaki against Maki Ido and Reika Saiki and Miyu Yamashita and Yu. One of my favorite matches of the year. So Same. that's my top Same. three. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's mine too. Because it, it, it also had uh, Shoko Nakajima versus Riho. Yeah, that was awesome uh, too. Third from last. And, and like the other, some of the other matches on the card didn't necessarily deliver in spades but i was really i just had so much anticipation for that whole card the the debut of nodoka's new character and like the um yeah the saki azusa match and that was pretty fun yeah uh taylor what was your pick so mine would be the october 3rd corican from seedling the first round of the tournament um just to me almost every match was very strong um 
and I really, I really loved it. I liked it more the second round, um, same as both of you. So that would be my number one show. Thank you both for making me feel like a Joshi expert. <laughs> uh, okay, best promotion. This is one of the only shows we can do this for since we have to talk about multiple promotions. Again, I have a top three. Anyone else? Um, I could give a top three, I think. I, yeah. I could do a top three. Yeah. So third place, I put Seedling. Um, I thought they had a strong year. Um, even if I don't agree with the, the title tournament result, I can still look forward to what's going to happen next year. And, you know, I just think once they really found their footing, they, they put on a bunch of really good shows. What do you have third, Taylor? So third, I would probably say um, Wave. Um, they didn't draw super well, but I think that they had a good in-ring year. I think they had a lot of um, interesting things going on, as we already have discussed. Um, and I really liked a lot of their stuff. So I think they'd be number three. I want to say for the record, I don't give a shit how they draw when they do the vote in this category. Well, it only... Really... It only matters when you've got these like incredible matches like Ohata versus Rini Yamashita and there's like a hundred people there to watch. <laughs> yeah. um, but who do, you ha- yeah. who do you have third, Luke? So third marvelous for the reasons I said earlier. I just think they've 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 taught me new things about wrestling and what it can be. And I'm very grateful to them for that. Even even if, you know, I can't point to any matches of the year that they've put on or anything. Um, second, I have stardom. I just thought, again, like we just talked about, their second half was so good. It made up for a more like average first half. Who do you have second, Taylor? So I would put Seedling second. Um, I think they had, as I mentioned, a bunch of good matches. They expanded kind of their horizons with uh, new titles. Um, so I would put them second. Luke? I would put stardom second. Um I think that Stardom have had a really great year from a creative standpoint. And really the only reason I'm putting them second is because they just seem so much skeezier than the promotion that I'm going to put in first. (laughs) Uh, And first place I have Tokyo Joshi. Again, even though they fell off in the autumn, I just think everything from January to August was so good that I really can't justify not not putting them first, even if the like you guys were saying earlier, the in-ring isn't always like maybe at the top level. I just think the storyline stuff and the character work is so much fun. I, I So I, yeah, I, I have them in first place as well. And I think it, it it's shown the, the how successful they've been this year, at least on our little corner of Twitter, shows that that stuff doesn't really matter if you've just got a vibrant product with good storytelling and good characters. I mean... Yeah, yeah I totally yeah. agree. And Taylor? Yeah, I have them number one as well. As I mentioned when we were doing the review, I think the combination of good in-ring stuff, the characters, the you know the buzz it's been getting, um, to me it's a pretty easy um, number one. Now, for the Omakase Awards that both of you still need to turn your ballots in for, by the way. Yeah, um, I'm still thinking. They count as a sub-brand, not a promotion by themselves. So if you want, like, basically what I'm going to try to say here is they they're a huge part of why I voted for DDT number one in best promotion because they count as a sub brand. And I just think, you know, DDT had a good year themselves too, even though, you know, the DDT had some issues that we'll talk about on the DDT episode, I'm sure. And 
but like when you have to a sub brand that's <laughs> was my favorite promotion, you know, for most of the year, that really put them on the top for me as my number one by a mile. Like there wasn't any, anyone even close. The interactions consider. with the interactions with DDT have been really good as well. I yeah. Think. So like when you when you include Tokyo Joshi, I just think DDT is so far and above the number one promotion this year. I don't know if you agree, Taylor, if you... Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree. I would have probably put DDT near or at the top anyway, not even considering uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro. It would have been closer, but I think I would have offered. Yeah, it would have been closer because, as we'll, as you said, as um, we'll talk about, there were some slight issues with DDT's year, but I think having that second uh, Tokyo Joshi really puts them over the top. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so and I'm for you know for Luke, I think you're basically just going to vote for DET because of Tokyo Joshi, probably. But yes, now, <laughs> now that you've told me, that's what I need to do. That's what <laughs> um, but yeah, and the the other two are going to. I really went back and forth on. So I, I guess I might as well just give away my best promotion vote. Like Noah was my number two this year. I thought they just had a really great in ring year, even if you know, some of the other stuff wasn't up to task. I really went back and forth on New Japan or Stardom for my number three. I did end up giving it to New Japan, but it's it was really, really, really close. So, um, but that that's where my top three overall came in. Um, let's do the match of the year now. Uh, you guys both have a top 10. I have a top five. So you guys can start, I guess. Luke, what was your number 10 match of the year? <clears throat> my number 10 match of the year is... Um... Ice Ribbon, uh, 26th of August, Yokohama, uh, Tsukasa Fujimoto versus Maya Yuki. Uh, Taylor, your number 10. My number 10 is from Tokyo Joshi Pro, uh, August 25th, Miyu Yamashita versus you. Um, oh, go ahead, Luke. Number yeah, nine. number nine. Uh, number nine is uh, from a very recent Sendai Girls show, Korokan Hall, 23rd of November. It's Hazuki and Kagetsu versus Dash Chisako and Jihiro Hashimoto. Taylor, go ahead, number nine. My number nine is from uh, the November 1st Seedling Show, Arisa Nakajima versus Nane Takahashi. All different so far. Um, <laughs> number eight, uh, Oz Academy, 17th of September, Yokohama, Hikari Shida versus Ajakong. My number eight is the Exploding Bat Death Match from Stardom, Dream Slam, and Nagoya on April the 1st. Good shot. Um, number seven. Uh, <laughs> number seven. 7th of October, Ichigaya Chocolate Hiroba, Gato Move, Emi Sakura versus Mei Suruga. This is the secret match, which um, was on YouTube for about three days um and was then taken down so emmy sakura if you're listening to this uh please put it back up because that match was incredible uh oh go ahead number six. Oh, you're number my six. number seven is arisa nakajima and takumi aroha versus hanako nakamori and nane takahashi from the october 17th seedling show the match where nanai put herself up in uh put herself over in the build-up to the show where she'd be putting herself over in the main event. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, my number six is um, Wave 
Uh, Shinkiba, 20th of January, Yumi Oka versus Misaki Ohata. My number six is Io Shirai versus Momo Watanabe from Stardom on May 23rd. Um, I'll get my number five now so I can join then. It's Hikaru Shida versus Aja Kong for the Oz Academy Openweight title Oz September 17th. A match I watched right before we recorded. <laughs> it was definitely... I mean, they just fucking kill each other. Especially yeah. Hikaru Shida, like, busting open Aja Kong's nose. It's like, ugh. Anyway, uh, number five, Luke. Number five is Mio Yamashita versus Rika Tatsumi uh, from uh, the... Tokyo Joshi Korokan show in May. My number five is Mio Momono versus Rina Yamashita from the August 1st Wave show. Uh, my number four is Mio Yamashita versus you from Tokyo Joshi August 25th. My number four is Arisa Nakajima versus Misaki Ohata, Seedling, Korokan Hall, 14th of January. My number four is Arisa Nakajima and Takashi Fujimoto versus Hiroyo Matsumoto and Masaki Ohada from the February 9th Seedling Show. Uh, my number three is Maya Iwatani versus Momo Watanabe from Stardom September 24th, the Five Star Grand Prix. Mine is Queen's Quest versus Eredo Tai, five on five elimination match, loser leaves unit from Stardom, Corrigan Hall, 21st of January. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, My number three is Nane Takahashi versus Hiroyo Matsumoto from the October 3rd Seedling Show. Ah, that's my number two. (laughs) Hiroyo Matsumoto, (laughs) Nane Takahashi, yep. Um, What's your number two? My number two is... um, Tokyo Joshi Pro, Brand New Wrestling 2, Korokan Hall, 25th of August, Yuka Sakazaki and Mizuki versus Maki Ito and Reika Saiki. And my number two is Arisa Nakajima versus Ayako Hamato versus Masaki Ohata from the April 22nd uh, Pro Wrestling Wave show. And Gami, if you're listening, put that match back up. <laughs> and Gami, if you're listening, unblock me on Twitter. <laughs> Wait, she blocked you? Yeah. <laughs> For what? I don't know. A gift, <laughs> I think. I think gift. My number one is Mayu Iwatami versus Utami Hayashishita, the five-star Grand Prix final from Stardom September 24th. I just thought like this was this was as close to like a just a brutal like shoot style, like just fucking Utami just destroying Mayu with these like judo takedowns over and over again. I just love this fucking match. This is the only match that's on my overall top 10. It's in seventh, but yeah, it's, a, it's an incredible match. Definitely watch it if you haven't seen it. Uh, my number one is also Mayu Iwatani versus <laughs> Utami Hayashista. Look, um, I'm a fucking Joshi expert, apparently. Yes. Awesome. Well done, all, my opinions, all my opinions validated here. The, what, what's incredible about this match for me is that... Um, it, it, so, so there's uh, maybe, I guess, three things. One stardom like i was saying before kind of looked into being able to tell this story of this this mega rookie who just comes you know into the promotion and immediately smashes everyone um so that's not a story you you come across very often but also utami plays her role so well in this match um in terms of she's she's still you can you can see that she's this you know all conquering beast but she's also kind of green um she keeps like 
Mayu keeps sort of uh, get you know taking control of the match, and then Utami sort of fights her way back from under. And it's just it's it's just incredible character work. And also, um, can I say by the way, really quickly before I forget, yeah. Utami two months into her career, remember to sell her fucking arm in this match better than most New Japan main eventers. Yeah, yeah. I'll say that for the record. And and not just not just sell it in in terms of remembering to you know hold it, but actually make it factor into the match. And yeah. and and Mayu as well. You you know it was just a perfect storm really to have that character coming up against Mayu, you know, on her redemption arc. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's just like... I had one of, my, one of the sickest bumps of the year where Utami, like, she just, like, she has Mayu up on her shoulders on the apron, and she just, like, fucking throws her onto the floor like she's nothing. And, like, Mayu almost, like, fucking bounced. Yeah. It's incredible. We were speculating, because it sort of looks as though... Um, the you know Mayu's unit was supposed to catch her, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mayu asked to take that exact bump. <laughs> um, to... Yeah, Mayu's out of her mind, so yeah. I totally yeah. would. I totally wouldn't put it past her. But yeah, yeah. all right, Taylor, what'd you have number one? Number one, I had Masaki Ohada versus Arisa Nakajima from the February twelfth Wave show. To me. Um, Nakajima, I put her second in like the wrestler of the year awards, but she may be my favorite wrestler to watch. Um, as I think you mentioned, John, she just comes out and it looks like she wants to legitimately fight just about every person she comes across. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to me, this match felt like she just wanted to actually fight Ohada. Um, and they beat the shit out of each other, um, and so I I loved it. Yeah, the only reason I didn't put that in my list was because I already had the seedling match um, from a few weeks a uh, few weeks earlier. So yeah, but that that those two matches and the and there was a third in Catch the Wave which never got uploaded. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that whole series of matches was was just incredible. Yeah um okay so with, with that that's pretty much all the categories we'll go through for the awards we have a million questions so let's get into it hmm. um Wa- waza at hoho waza asked us before i even asked for questions he was really into this question apparently he said michael satamura is no doubt the joshi rest of the year for me or do you think she is a candidate for overall rest of the year considering the 2018 she had i think no considering none of us put her on her joshi rest of the year list but uh, but, she, had mean, great, she had a great year. Yeah, it's just that I feel like she's had the most impact outside of Joshi. So yeah, that's true. So maybe maybe she'd be better off on a. I don't know. I don't. I don't have her on my radar for overall rest of the year. But I don't like. I don't give a shit about the Young Classic or Brett Reds or anything. So that might be uh, why I don't really have her on my radar. I mean, it's definitely been a, an incredible year for her in terms of getting her work out there, and yeah. you know winning championships and yeah um yeah it's just it's a lot of her impact has been outside of joshi i think yeah i think she's had an interesting year more than a year of like oh she was at the top of joshi like i think being in the may young classic 
you know, is interesting. She was in DDT. She was the champion for a while. I think so. I think that she had more of a, oh, this is a lot of fun to watch her and she's having an interesting year more than a, oh, she's, you know, the best of the best, I guess, even though she is amazing, of course. Uh, so Anthony asked us, which Joshi matches from the past would you recommend to someone who has never seen much of it? There's like a million. I don't know. Like, does it, if you want to go like really far past, I mean, I pretty much anything from all Japan women's, right? Is like, I don't There's know. There's a perfect a... answer to this question, though, which it, it, um, is there's a match that's on YouTube um from it's only from a few years ago um which i guess still counts as the past uh which is sakushi versus mika ida in a catch the wave tournament from i don't know 2013 or something like that and it's about five minutes long and it distills the entire essence of what <laughs> joshi is about wow. well, that's so so yeah. watch that um and then go back and watch um mid 80s ajw because it's go, it's go, underappreciated go watch the bloody that's my answer <laughs> <laughs> from the lost era i don't know taylor do you have any thoughts on this yeah this question is always hard even outside of joshi when people are like what should i watch to get really into wrestling because i mean it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing yeah i would try um, here try different stuff basically because even I mean, you think of modern stuff, uh, as we talked about, I mean, seedling is very different than something like Tokyo Joshi Pro, which is different than something like Gato Move. And depending on what, like, who am I recommending this to? What kind of things do they already like? Do they know anything? You know? Yeah. Um, I would definitely tell you, if you want to see, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of like what I would consider to be the most important stuff go watch lco matches <laughs> yes <laughs> go watch me uh you know mita and shimoda 2018 has been a good year for lco on twitter yeah uh, yeah uh, um beth asked us uh if, if you were to include introduce someone to joshi using only matches from this past year which match would you show first um i i was actually thinking that um soon i'm gonna uh, meet up with some friends who don't watch wrestling and, and put on some matches for them. And the number one thing that sprang to my mind is the Oedo Tai tag match in Sendai Girls from the most recent show, because I just think everybody in that match is so cool. <laughs> and the story is really, you know, I mean, if it's I wanna, really easy to get. If I want to show them how hard they hit, I guess it should let Matsumoto and Takahashi match and be like, yeah, it's real. <laughs> I mean, I think the Oedo Tai elimination match from Stardom would be an interesting choice just because there is such a big kind of not basic. It might not be the right word, but it's an easy to follow story where you say the loser, you know, gets kicked out of their you know, group they're in. That's an easy enough story where you say it to someone before the match and then they can watch it. And obviously it's a great match. Um, I think it was just outside my top 10. So um, I think that would be a good choice. Uh, ben Hers asked, will Konami ever get a red belt title shot? And do we know anything about the inner workings of stardom that would explain why she hasn't yet, despite being the champ in the five-star GP? She, oh yeah, that's true, isn't it? Um I have no idea. I th she still has some sort of connection with that GPS promotion, so I don't know whether that um, 
is holding her back in any way. But I I feel like Konami's seen as somebody who can do a job. Yeah. Rather than which is a shame because he's not considered ace material. Yeah, which I think she could be, but yeah. I don't know. It's as much as I like seeing her in Stardom, and I think she's a good fit for Queen's Quest and everything. I feel like she's probably never going to get that rub in Stardom, which is a shame. Taylor, you have any thoughts on this? Um, what do we? I mean, I obviously don't know off the top of my head on previous five star GPS. Do you, does beating the champ always get you a title shot? Is that the I case? Don't think it, I don't think it does. Okay. So they, maybe that's the answer. I didn't think um, that that was the case, but I was like, maybe it is the case, and I'm just forgetting. No, I don't think it does. Natsu got one. So, yeah. Ask question. I think it's like if they want you to get one, you get one, basically. Right. Um, Arum, former, former guest on the show. Best faction in stardom for 2018 and why? Um, then she has another question, but first that one. I, I have to, it's going to piss her off, but I have to go with Queen's Quest, I think. I just think they were awesome all year, especially Momo and, uh, you know, and Ken, Momo and Konami. But, you know, I just, I, I don't really see any reason not to vote for them. But I I go with the Jungle Assault Army or whatever. They've all been good, except, I mean, Stars, who are just the home army, effectively, so they don't really have to do a huge amount. But, I don't know, Oedo Tai have been extremely entertaining all year, I think. They've, yeah, they would. That's the, that's the answer she wants to hear. So. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but they, but it's not. You know, it, they've come up with new ideas for every single big promoted match they've had. Yeah, you I know. don't have, I don't have any issue with voting for Otai either. They're, they've all been good, like you said. So, I mean, Hazuki has helped Otai a lot, I think. So. Yeah, and she fits in so well there. Yeah, um, and then her other question was because I'm still pissed we don't get Azumi. In a way, tie. There's another one that's awesome in Queen's Quest. I totally forgot about her. If you could draft a new member for each faction stardom, who would they be? Hmm. I think que- I was thinking Queen's Quest sort of. Uh, I mean, I, they were meant to be this faction which was uh, carrying on EO's legacy, you know, and they, they were being trusted with it. But I think it could be quite interesting if they brought a more senior wrestler into their ranks. But I, d- I can't think who that would be because they're all so young. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah, I don't know. I would like to see maybe ta- maybe Tam Nakano in Queen's Quest, just because she she's bounced around so much. It'd be fun to see her in an... in all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd like Hiroyo back in in Jungle Assault Nation. Oh, that's yeah. No, how about Hiroyo and Oedo Tai? <laughs> there we go. That's my pick for the Oedo Tai. Natsuko Tara in Oedo Tai. That's okay. that's what I want to see because she's a goth. <laughs> I don't know, Taylor, you have any thoughts on any draft um, I guess I would... This is a kind of a strange, but I think it would be interesting to see Jungle in Oeda Tai. That would just, be interesting. Just to see. Um, she's, a like, <laughs> <laughs> she's a heavy drinker. She's a heavy drinker, really? And she's <laughs> never been a he- heel? Am I... No, she's never been a heel. Yeah, okay. That's what uh, I thought, but I was like, am I not remembering? Uh, okay, at is all right now. Uh, Connor, another former guest, just says, wave, when are people going to get it? Hopefully <laughs> after the relaunch. <laughs> um, it, if, if Yumioka can somehow overhaul uh, the Wave Network, and I don't see, I don't see why she would, because I think she's 
in charge of the wave net, uh, network right now. Um, but if she can somehow overhaul it so that they have more regular uploads, I think they're in a good position to to do quite well with um, international audiences. I mean, people like Asuka and people like Takumi and people like Mio and, you know, they, they could kick on a bit. They just need to sort out their uploads. <laughs> Yeah, and I think there's a question later. I was looking at some of the questions that was something like, what should they do? What's one thing that they should do when they relaunch uh, to improve or something like that? And I think I would say the same thing as Luke, which is get more together on letting the people know what's going on and giving the people shows and things like that. Because I think they have a super talented roster, as you can see from my top 10. You know, I gave them a, a huge number of matches in my top 10 and even some just outside my top 10. So it isn't a talent issue, um, obviously. So, I mean, it's very hard to watch Wave on the network and recommend it to really anyone um, to subscribe. Um, but even, a you know, a bigger Twitter presence would maybe help or, you know, something like that. So it's something would need to happen outside the ring um, as opposed to changing inside the ring. Uh, at, at Private Eyeball, Derek, another longtime listener, dogs who eat cat food are good dogs, right? No. Okay. Uh, I would also say no. Okay. At Rasslin Ratings. Who would you pick to follow in Mako's footsteps and next win a singles title that is normally only won by guys? There's a lot of people I would pick for this. This but... is a difficult question, though, because I, I, was, I saw this one and I was thinking, I can't imagine it happening anywhere other than DDT. That's true. Well, eh, maybe like somebody, maybe one of the really like tinier ones, like maybe like Zero One or something. Right. Yeah. Cause like you've Asuka and people have been in that, haven't they? But yeah. I don't know if it's a case of who who would I want to next win the DDT, the KOD championship. Well, Maki Ito. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I would I would say just a generic one. Um, maybe your Tommy. I just yeah. think he could throw fucking dudes around. It'd be great. But you know, she's obviously got a lot to do in Jersey still. I don't know, Taylor, do you pick um, I mean this. Uh... I mean, I would say Nane would be up there because she's already wrestling, I mean, men on the regular in Seedling. I mean, Go Shiyazaki, she had a great match with him. Yeah. So I think she's slightly already prepared. That's a little bit of, I feel myself, like a cheat answer because she's already sort of doing it. Um, but like you said, I think there's a lot of, I mean, there's a ton of options that I think would be a lot of fun, so... Okay. Uh, Josh asks if you had to, if you pick one Joshi from Stardom, Tokyo Joshi, and Ice Ribbon to go on excursion to WWE, who'd they be? Now I assume this means we're getting them back. So None. Bit... <laughs> no, no, no. Well, he said excursion. Yeah, so yeah. I assume yeah, I he, know, that means we're getting them back in like a year or something. Um, other than that, I think we need more information. Like, are they going to the main roster? Because then I think I would agree with Taylor. I think I'd say none. Yeah, no. Um, but like, if they're going to NXT, maybe you could say like, I don't know, have send Momo over there to do like a team feud or something with EO. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I that'd be fun. None of us like WWE, so it's not a great question. Um, 
Unless I feel like, unless I'm misstating for Taylor, I don't know. No, I'm just trying to, I mean, I don't really have an answer. I'm just trying to think of people who I feel like if they go there, that they would learn something that they couldn't learn in Japan or something else. And I, I'm, I'm honestly not to be, you know, snarky, but I'm, I'm, I am drawing a blank. Yeah, the other else. way, the other way of looking at it is what think of somebody who could like somehow get shipped out there and just introduce the full sale crowds to stuff they've never seen before. So I think Sakushi would be an interesting one there because mm-hmm. she's about four foot eight and she like have have you ever seen her drop kicks or forearms? They're they're insane. I think I think she would. Okay, wait a second. I have an answer for this. So I got to throw it yeah. in there. I think all the up up girls should go to show AJ Styles what a good wrestler looks like. <laughs> there you go. Um, up next, uh, Callum Calamari. Which what Joshi wrestler would you pick to appear in the 2019 May Young Classic to best represent Joshi and get more eyes on the scene? Again, similar question. Again, again we're getting them back again. So, I mean, I would go with Momo because it's like she's just incredible right now, and I think yeah. I feel like she's a very prototypical. Joshi wrestler where she just hits people very hard and like you were saying she's also very well rounded so yeah I would go with Momo yeah yeah I, that that's a good enough answer for me I think I would go with uh, Mio Mio Momono <laughs> I, I just think she would be a lot of fun I think people would be like what the heck is this um, <laughs> in some ways because she's so um, energetic um, in a way that I think it would also be a good counterpoint to um, the two that they had in this year, Mako and Hiroyo, who were both kind of more um, stoic mm. um, in terms I'll... of promos and things like that, where Mio is a little bit more um, unhinged, I guess. That might not be the right word, but a little bit more animated. It, um, uh, unhinged is a good word, I think. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd like to see her, just like to see her Twitter posts from from uh you know the performance center i think i think there'd be some good content there uh at awq1985 how would you rate the new joshi streaming services like sendai and marvelous etc so far we talked about this a lot i think already not good well uh, no, marvelous, marvelous is good. Is good. yeah marvelous is good yeah marvelous is really good it's it's marvelous very easy good and it's cheap yeah. sendai is the one's bad right yes okay yes the 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 stuff they've uploaded has had has been in quite good quality it's quite nicely produced but um Takes i mean so, yeah 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 uh callum lucas asks who do you think is the best foreign talent regularly wrestling for joshi promotions this year hmm. um nyla rose maybe in marvelous she was she was really good she was over for i don't know quite a few months in the first half of the year um she teamed with Mio for a while and um she also had a great singles match with Chikayo Nagashima. Um Yeah, but... I would say no one in stardom, but um I, I you know what I, I'll say oh god, now I'm blanking on her name. The Nicole Savoy. I thought she had a good five star Grand Prix. That oh uh J- Jamie Hayter had a good five star Grand Prix. She um, she was uh yeah, she she fit in really well with the style, I thought. Sendai Girls, I think, uses uses foreigners okay. I think uh, does, does Heidi count? Yeah, I was gonna say Heidi Katrina, uh, maybe Alex Lee. I think they both had pretty good years in Sendai Girls. That would be about 
that's about it though. <laughs> there's there's a lot of foreigners in Jersey who I'm not really a big fan of. And his related question was, what do you think about the way the foreign talent is utilized in Josie promotions, starting in particular? It, it's just, I don't know. It stardom, like bless them, they 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 give a lot of work to a lot of foreign talent, but it's it's so hit and miss. Yeah, it's so hit and miss. I don't know. It's also pretty. I feel like the way that they go through their time there is a lot of times very similar. Mm. Um, where it's you know you have a couple matches, you get a title match, you lose the title match. And then you're off. Yeah. And then maybe think, you come back again. I think the best use of them is always the tournaments because, like you're saying, otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah. the tournament is very, very formulaic. Uh, Matt asks, what do you think needs to be done so the wave relaunch in April is going to be a success? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, just sort, just sort out the website. <laughs> just make sure they get regular uploads because it makes so much difference, I think. If, if people can rely on, on your streaming service, then there's enough you know nerds out there that want to watch more joshi that i think people will yeah and i think at this point they're a little bit behind the eight ball because they've spent so much time being sort of a um a little bit of a joke that um that now they're now they have even more work to do where they have to get them up timely and label them correctly and everything so yeah it's a it's a bit tough for them um Port Tamako JXN says, "Why wasn't your Jersey match of the year May versus Emmy?" I'm sorry, Jackson. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it's because I needed I needed to have a match at the top of my list that people can actually watch. Okay, that's the only reason. And then he says, "How what? How do you see the landscape of Joshi in 2019? Will Western fans all be YMZ obsessives?" I mean, yeah, are you? Are you both subscribed to the new YMZ service? Yeah. Wait, they have one. They have yeah. one. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. I feel okay. so bad. I my Twitter profile says number one YMZ <laughs> America's number one YMZ fan. I didn't even know about their streaming service. I have to it, sign up for that. It's uh yeah, I haven't I'm not subbed yet, but um I've watched a couple of videos and the uh the intro video is like Carrie Onoyama made it at home on After Effects or something. It's incredible. <laughs> I have to check that out. We both attended the show, of course, so the legendary the legendary show where um did they all sing a song to mort or something like that no we yeah we all sang a song and they made us dance and they're like this is a traditional dance you should do this and we all felt that they were all then saying look at these look at what stupid things we can make these foreigners do and it's now all up on ymz world so (laughs) amazing um but yeah so definitely hope they run a show when we go next year um but yes, how do I, I think the serious answer? I don't, I don't know. I think Tokyo Stardom is still going to dominate. Tokyo Joshi Pro still has its hardcore fan base. Other than that, it's everybody. Everybody else just kind of watches what they watch. Seedling, uh, if Seedling get more more sa- like Samurai coverage and Ice Ribbon get kick on with this this uh, Nippon TV deal, I think those two could could go places. Um, Death by Arisa Nakajima says, "Who was the best rookie of 2018?" I mean, this isn't even close for me. This is, I think, Utami Hashida was like the one of the best rookies of all time in male yeah. or female wrestling. So we but, we should also, but we should also talk. Uh, just spare a few words for May Suriga from Gato Move, who's who 
debuted in the summer and is already very, very good. Uh, so she's in one of my top 10 matches. And uh, Mikoto Shindo from Marvelous as well, who just has that, that you know, Chigas and Nagayo training. Uh, I think she's going to be very, very good in a year or two. Uh, okay. Any, any other thoughts, Taylor? No, I, I totally agree. I think Shindo is also a good pick. Um, obviously, it's Utami is going to be the number one, but I've, you know, I've really liked Shindo and Marvelous. Uh, Callum said, and by the way, Utami, way better pick for overall rookie of the year than fucking the turf in WWE. <laughs> Callum, which Joshi company is most likely to be next to launch their own streaming service? Hmm. Actress Girls. Think so? Yeah, because they're, they're only doing DVD sales at the moment. Um, they did a really good number at Corican um, last month. Um, so you would think that by now they would have set themselves up with a TV deal if that's what they wanted to do. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they want to, you know, keep keep everything in-house and, yeah. I think they'd be very, very successful if they launched a streaming service because um, their talent, I, I was, I was going to talk about this earlier, but that actress girls have been sending their talent out everywhere this year. Um, they've had Miyuki Takase in Wave. They've had Saori Anno and um, uh, Kakaru Sekiguchi in Oz Academy. They've had Tai Honma in Ice Ribbon um, So and so on and so forth. So their talent is known now um and uh, at least towards weebs um and so i think they have a platform to build on if they ever want to launch their own streaming service so they'd be my pick yeah i don't know i don't know if there's really that many more options because to me it feels like a lot of the places that would do it have already done it um so I don't even know if there's really that many more choices. Diana have something, don't they? Maybe they could. They, they have a they have a YouTube where they seem to upload matches at on equal intervals. But I don't know if they want to go beyond that into a streaming service or not. I just I have no idea. Um, okay, so Sanjay the Giant says, "Is there anyone this year more consistently good?" And Tsukasa, Fujimoto, and Joshi. Apparently, because we all voted for other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Momo. Um, and, then, and then, has anyone had a better rookie year than Tommy in recent memory? I think we said no, basically. And how fucking good was Shida versus Kong in Oz Academy? Very good. It was on all our list. But thank you. All that stuff is stuff we talked about already. Um, at the JML, are Joshi hot fights the best thing going right now in Joshi? High speed is the best thing going into. <laughs> I th- I think the Haas fights are the best. I, I like Haas fights too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is a jungle push coming in 2019? <sighs> it's hard to say because, again, like Konami, I, I I do wonder if they just think of her as a bit of a utility player. Um. Although, one thing that's interesting is there was um a, bat a battleman um, appearance that. And there were four pe- four wrestlers from Stardom all went on Battlemen together, and it was Kagetsu, Momo, um, uh, uh, 
God, Mayu, Mayu and uh, Kiona. Yeah. And I sort of wonder if they're the the new four, um, which could mean that Kiona is in line for a singles title push, but I don't know. I might be reading too much into it. Yeah, I've thought the push has been coming for or should be coming for a long time. So I'm at the point where now I'm not going to predict it's coming because <laughs> I'll just end up being wrong. And then he says, would you see would you see Nanai Takahashi versus Joey Janela given the quality of a recent intergender matches? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool, I guess. I like them both. So I'd uh, rather have anyone but Joey Janela, I think. But he's also blocked me on Twitter, actually. Um, um, I, I think that she's faced uh some people in the good matches that have been a little bit higher talent wise than uh janella i would say, say only if she can go over she should beat janelle's ass if she can go over a recent akajima she can go over joey janella <laughs> but i think it'd be a fun match sure um who would be the best the wrestler male or female to build around if you start a promotion today so you've already answered this one I don't. I, he says I did. I don't remember yeah. it. Yeah, it I was... think I did. Gave a joke answer in the last <laughs> episode where I was. Anyway, um, I would build around Mia Momono. Momo Watanabe. Uh, I'll say Takumi Aroha. Yeah. Um, and then Kevin at Durki Noi. Rank. This is the last question, by the way. Rank each up up girl in terms of their output this year, and where will each rank on a yearly top one hundred? Uh, for me, one, two, three, four is um, Hikari, Miyu, Hinano, Raku. I defer to John on this question. <laughs> you defer to me. <laughs> I actually, my top is exactly the same as uh, as Luke's. So it's funny how that worked out. Um, I don't know if any of them are going to be our top 100, but you know what? Neither is AJ Styles. So. <laughs> and they'd be higher than him. I'm really, I'm really fucking sick of <laughs> random rave. I'm really fucking sick of people saying, oh, AJ's year wasn't that bad. It was really fucking bad. Every time he had a big spot, he fucking sucked. So, fuck AJ Styles. Anyway. <laughs> I keep hearing that. Like It was on the flagship this week. and It's like, nah, it fucking sucked. He was terrible. Do you just post pictures of the up-up girls with Young Thug whenever anybody says that? <laughs> that can be our... Inokius Kermit Dick picture. Yeah, it's like Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, all right, so we can wrap things up then. Um, thank you both for coming on. This was a lot of fun, a lot more fun than talking World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, but why don't you give some plugs, Luke? What are you going to plug? Uh, follow me on at Oysters Earrings on Twitter. Um, I have a like ridiculously big match recommendation spreadsheet which i've nearly finished for this year um and that's in my pinned tweet so do use that there's links and reviews and everything in it um also i do longer form writing sometimes at i maintain the double foot stomp is silly.com um you can find that in my twitter bio um but yeah that's a really good site which is not updated anywhere near as often as it should be, but there's some really good writing and a lot of writing about women's wrestling on there. So yeah, give me a follow and click that link. Taylor, why don't you plug some stuff? 
Uh, I'll plug my usual. My Twitter is Taymambo, T-A-M-A-I-M-B-O. You can follow me there and also catch me in the various writings I do for VoicesOfWrestling.com. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleOmakase. Wrestling would not fit. Next week, we're going to have our All Japan Year Interview episode as the Year Interview series marches on. Um, we have we 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 start out with one guest and then somehow I end up with three guests. So I have Paul Vos, who's an, a new HVOW contributor. He'll be on here. I have Nathan. Uh, he's Icon No Stardom on Twitter, and I have at Rich Eye Rich Eyed Wardsums. I don't know how to pronounce that, but he's a another guy on Twitter that, that uh, you know. I know of. I don't know. He's people are very excited when I announced him. So um I think he's like a PWO guy, actually. There we go. But yeah, it's a it's very he also does like the Cork and Ramblings blog, it looks like. So I should have checked that before I came on here to plug him. But what are you gonna do? Uh but that's next week. All three will be on here. I'm very excited for that. We're gonna have again worldwide accents with a Australia I think an Australian guy, a guy from Wales. And a guy from Germany. So it'll be a very international flavored episode of uh, Omakase. So you can look forward to that next week. Uh, the the year in review series rolling on. Um, we still have a few more after All Japan. We have, um, I believe, ROH is going to be after that, which is going to be going to be something. <laughs> you're going to lose your mind again. Yeah, I don't know if it's, I don't even know if they're worth losing your mind about this point. Especially with the the recent news, I actually just kind of feel bad for them, but. Uh, so we have All Japan, Ring of Honor, DDT, and New Japan left. So All Japan next week in that order. So we'll see you next week, folks. Thank you again for listening as always. I uh, hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>